Yo, what's up? You are listening to Brown Raíces, where you already know we talk about the rich, Chicanx history, and cultura, discuss the issues affecting brown communities, and where we explore badass, groundbreaking Chicanx and Latinx literature. I am your host, Jesse Rubio. I have a bachelor's degree in Chicano studies and a master of arts in urban education. Currently, I am a part-time on-screen instructor and a part-time learning specialist. I am working for two leading edtech companies, Imagine Learning and Amplify. Honestly, never thought I would be in such spaces, but you know what? God is good. Today, we are continuing our conversation about the Chicano movement. Last week, los dejé en picados con el movimiento. If you have not listened to part one of the Chicano movement, stop what you're doing, go listen to the last episode, and come right back. If you have listened to it already, chocalas. You get chingonex points. Also, I'm so sorry for the way my voice sounds today. I must have caught a nasty virus and my throat is suffering the consequences. But I did tell myself, no matter what happens, I need to stick to uploading my podcast episodes so here we are today okay sin mas rodeos let's get into it the chicano movement or like many would call it el movimiento in the last episode i told you guys about the filipino farm worker strike in september of 1965 in coachella california i mentioned how that strike was crucial to the beginning of the chicano movement since it ignited the joining of forces and it was a symbol of cross-cultural solidarity. Honestly, I think that is so chingon, the fact that two groups of people held hands in solidarity despite cultural differences. The shared experiences of these two groups led to an important pivot for the Mexican-American labor organizers. The National Farm Worker Association, which later became the United Farm Workers, or UFW, was created. Labor organizers needed a union that could become the voice of the farm workers. Remember, a union is designed to open strings of communication between employers and employees so that concerns are heard and needs are met. The founders of the United Farm Workers were Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. After their meeting on September 16, 1965, They voted to join the strike, and the Delano Grape Strike marked the beginning of the movement. Let me tell you a little bit about Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta before I continue, because how could I not? Cesar Chavez, this man, where to begin? Let's start from the beginning. He was born on March 31, 1927, in Yuma, Arizona to a Mexican-American family. He had a very humilde upbringing. He and his five siblings faced poverty and the harsh realities of agricultural labor. His family actually owned a small farm, but they lost it during the Great Depression, forcing them to become migrant farm workers. His family faced numerous challenges while traveling and working as migrant farm workers. They moved frequently between Arizona and California in search of work. They often lived in tents or shacks. 
Because of these circumstances, Chavez changed schools frequently. He later dropped out of school after the eighth grade to work in the fields full time. He labored alongside his family, picking cotton, peas, and other crops. Chavez endured arduous physical work and witnessed the injustices faced by farm workers. Cesar Chavez's upbringing and firsthand experiences of poverty and discrimination fueled his hunger for social justice and better conditions for farm workers. Now let's talk un poquito about Dolores Huerta, one of my sheroes. She was born on April 10, 1930 in Dawson, New Mexico. She was raised by her mother, Alicia Chavez. No, not related to Cesar Chavez. Dolores was influenced by her mother who showed activism in the struggles faced by Mexican-Americans. Huerta also began her career as a teacher, just like me. But her experience in the classroom exposed her to the poverty and inequalities her students faced, which led her to leave the classroom and focus on community organizing and advocacy. I should dedicate an episode to this woman because she is just a fierce mujer that always stuck to her guns. Okay, back to the Delano strike. Three weeks into the strike, close to 3,000 farm workers joined the huelga, affecting dozens of farms. The growers fought back and brought replacement workers to the fields in big buses while the strike was happening. This affected the strike because farm worker efforts to stop the picking of grapes was ineffective. So if they couldn't stop the grapes in the fields, then the next place was, you guessed it, at the stores in the cities. Aquí fue donde se armó más fuerte la cosa. Strike leaders started the grape boycott. Now, boycott means to refuse to buy or use as a form of punishment or protest. In total, 30 growers were being boycotted, but two were the main target, Shenley Ranch and DeGiorgio Corporation, which produce S&W products. They then boycotted the largest grape grower, Jumara, who had about 4,000 farm workers. The boycott started with picket signs and people marching in the streets outside stores asking consumers to not buy grapes or grape products. The idea was to produce a nonviolent movement for farm worker rights, but as it got more and more attention, the movement became more than just about labor issues. Cesar Chavez made it clear that it was a national civil rights movement that no longer only involved labor rights, but also sought to address education, policing, and discrimination faced by Mexican-Americans. During the strike, Senator Robert Bobby Kennedy held a hearing in Delano, where he interrogated the sheriff about the arrests that were happening associated with the movement. Because I don't know if I mentioned, but a lot of farm workers were arrested during the strike in Delano with no crime committed. Bobby Kennedy became an extremely important figure during this time because not only did he show support for the farm worker efforts to organize, but his presence in Delano brought national attention and visibility to the cause. This gave the growers a whooping in the ass because what growers wanted was to nip it in the bud locally and not get negative attention. But these hearings did the opposite. 
Farm workers were on strike for five months now with no solutions yet or recognition of the union. The purpose of the boycott was to put as much economic pressure on the growers to get them to come to an agreement about conditions and wages, and farm worker leaders were not seeing the results. They needed to find a new way to see the change and gain the American public support. Cesar Chavez and other labor organizers, such as Eliseo Medina, decided to do a peregrinación, a pilgrimage, starting in Delano and reaching Sacramento, the state capital, which was about 300 miles away. I encourage all of you to watch Chicano, the Struggle in the Fields documentary on YouTube, so that you can see footage of this pilgrimage. It was beautiful. Hundreds of people marching, holding picket signs, the United Farm Worker flag, images of La Virgen de Guadalupe, children walking with their parents. It was a symbol of unity. Cesar Chavez hoped to recruit enough people along the way to get national attention. It took them 25 days. And through this 25 days pilgrimage, we are able to see the beauty of the Chicano movement take form in other aspects. At night, when they stopped to rest, they held rallies for updates. And the people sang. Men brought their guitarras and other instruments to play songs like De Colores. And they also sang corridos of what was happening locally. Teatro Campesino was also created by Luis Valdez during the strike. Farmworkers performed skits along the way ridiculing the growers. The campesinos were the actors in the place. And through the, these skits and plays, the farm workers became confident and in control of themselves, and they became better organizers. This form of art became so important. It opened the doors wide open to other forms of art and expression, such as murals, posters, paintings, banners. Art became the visual representation of cultural pride and history. During this pilgrimage, they also attended Mass in the mornings and continued walking, holding high La Virgen de Guadalupe, La Reina de Todos los Mexicanos. In total, 10,000 marchers arrived at the state capitol on Easter Sunday, 1966. Ooh, this was heavy, guys. Can you imagine 10,000 people all together for the same cause? It was a triumph in the history of farm labor organizing. There, Cesar Chavez spoke to the people from the Delano plant. Fast forward to 1967, almost two years after the strike started. One of the growers came to an agreement with farm workers, but 28 still did not acknowledge a need for change. Poco a poco, the boycott spread to major cities such as Chicago and New York, where mayors and religious leaders supported the farm workers' cause. Thousands of Chicanos visited Delano in support of the movement and went back home with a sense of pride in them. The fact of the matter is that the United Farm Worker Union became the symbol, heart, and soul of the Chicano movement. Three years later, in 1968, strikers were growing impatient and angry that not all progress was made, and they started questioning the nonviolent tactic of strike, marches, and boycotts. 
So in February of 1968, Cesar Chavez decided to fast for a total of 25 days, refusing all solids and only drinking water, which is considered the ultimate non-violent act. Organizers were angry and confused because they needed their leader to tell them what to do, but they couldn't see past the spiritual power of fasting that Cesar Chavez felt. Cesar Chavez's commitment to nonviolence was the backbone of the huelga, the strike. It is what made the United Farm Workers Union a strong union. In 1969, it was announced that large chain stores were going to stop selling grapes. This was a big triumph. Detroit, Chicago, New York, L.A., all of those big cities with large chain stores were finally going to stop selling grapes. Grape growers were brought to their knees then. The growers that sat and recognized the union were at an advantage. Stores were selling grapes with the union label, and it showed the poder of boycotting. Almost five years after the strike had started, the farm workers finally did it. 26 Delano growers signed contracts that guaranteed $1.80 per hour, a hiring hall, seniority, and strict pesticide control. And that brings us to the end of this Brown Raices episode. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit more about the Chicano movement and the role of the United Farm Worker Union and how it laid a strong foundation for social justice. It also inspired young Mexican-Americans and opened up a new chapter for civil rights. Tune in to our episode next week where we will continue our conversation about the Chicano movement from other perspectives and leaders such as Reyes Tijerina and Corky Gonzalez and students in education. Don't forget to follow on Instagram at Brown Raices. If you like this episode, make sure you share it with your familia and friends. Hasta la próxima!